0: Good morning to you, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM1030, KVOI, The Voice, alien really the in-depth news, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, And to all of our listeners and to Matt Neely, making the magic happen. As always, on the other side of the glass, it is... Friday Eve around here it is Thursday. Welcome aboard. Matt, good morning to you. You almost made it. We did it. Friday we're, Eve.
1: We're almost there, Zach. Good morning. It's uh also National Leave the Office Early Day, just you know, in case in case that works for you.
0: Yeah, I um I don't think I get to celebrate that day today, but I, I hope many of our listeners will get to leave the office early day today I'm still trying to figure out Matt your source of what these days are I think it's a professional secret at this point but uh, the, yeah, the think... Oracle of uh, the Oracle of Google Google <laughs> the, the Oracle well still Matt Google's a big place just because you say Google doesn't mean I know where it is I
1: <laughs> don't know what corner of Google it's at huh
0: it's still a professional secret oh man uh, no uh, looking forward to today's show. Uh, we won't get to leave the show early. We are here this full drive time hour, and it's a call an hour. Give us a call, 520-790-2040. Uh, we have, oh, jeez, the next eight, nine days of shows packed full of guests. Uh, today, though, is you and me on the air, and these are some of my most favorite days because we get to have a rolling conversation together on this forum, I hope is a forum that brings people with diverse viewpoints together to talk about the issues. If you have something on your mind, I wanna hear it, 520-790-2040. Uh, I wanna talk about, I uh, have a few topics, I have a few topics. Um, has America lost a step? And I'll frame that a little bit better in the next segment, but I was listening back to uh, Kennedy's speech at Rice University in Houston, back in the sixties, uh, the, the 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 beauty of YouTube, Matt. It's another uh, expansive internet space. YouTube. Uh, he was there <laughs> about going to the moon, and it just it, listening to that seventeen minute speech has me asking, not in a doomsday way, but just uh, just asking, has America lost a step? Talk about that. Uh, the Washington Post editorial board wrote this week a stunningly honest and frank piece about inflation and and, you know i'm not a shock jock i don't use you know words like shock and crisis and wow a lot because after a while no one takes you seriously when you do that all the time but i I read that piece and my mouth was open i was like am i reading this from the editorial board from washington post Uh, i want to i want to i think i'm actually going to read the whole thing because it's not that long and it's line after line of, really? Am I reading this here about inflation and the Biden administration? And I also have a President Trump connection to all this too that I want to bring up because uh, it would be it would be uh, not complete without doing that. Uh, and then a new report is coming out about poverty in Pima County, and uh, you know one cannot read through that as you might expect. And come away, you know, full of excitement and vigor for the region. We are killing our regional opportunity by not solving poverty. And there's a there's a there there is a piece of our solution to poverty that we're just not good enough at yet. And my hunch is because I know so many of our listeners have been listening uh, for the full almost five years we've been doing this show and some of our partner programs on this station have been doing it 10 plus years. And, and many times there's a similar tune struck amongst our local shows about why we just can't get over the hump around poverty in Pima County. So I doubt that anything is gonna be you know super revelatory, you know, a revelation on, on the program. But some some new numbers, some new perspective, uh, poverty in Pima County is killing our regional opportunity. And we just, in my mind, are not taking the steps that we know we need to take to solve it. All right, the good news is that the solutions, understanding the solutions is not the hard part. That's the easy part. But the intention and the audacity and the focus to make it happen is what we seem to struggle with here in Pima County. So that's where I want to go. I'd love for you to join in this conversation today, five two zero seven nine zero twenty forty. We're going to talk some local. We're going to talk some national. We're going to talk uh, some issues. We're going to cover the gamut today, five two zero seven nine zero twenty forty. On that note, I-, I want to leave a bit of a longer segment to talk about this whole Kennedy speech. Has America lost a step, Matt? Let's go to our first break of the hour. When we come back, uh, more of my voice. Uh, I've ha- I've gotten emails, by the way, of saying, Hey, you know, you know I like hearing from you, Zach, but. I'd love to hear from other callers. I wish people you know, uh, would uh, call and interrupt you, and I say me too. So give me a call, 520-790-2040. We'll be back here on Tipping Point, 1030 The Voice.
2: Trusted local news and talk, 1030 The Voice.
0: In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of of business.
3: Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to TucsonCashOffer.
4: Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906. Or visit us at extension.arizona.org.
0: Tucson. Your Tucson Museum of Art is proud to present Brad Callhammer, eleven fifty nine to Tucson, a solo exhibition of works by Tucson-born, Mason, New York-based Brad Callhammer, who creates highly personal narratives that are autobiographical reflections. On three realms of his life, his indigenous heritage, his middle American upbringing in a white adoptive family, and his work as an artist and musician. To learn more and to get your tickets, go to TucsonMuseumOfArt.org. School's out
2: and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com.
0: Back Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. You are listening live here out of the Common Workspace Studios. Tipping point. You're listening to live out of the Common Workspace Studios. Words are hard. Tipping point with <laughs> Zach Yitzer yes, on AM 1030, KVOI, The Voice, dealing Dips news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. Uh, Matt, that uh, that opening was in uh, belated celebration of yesterday, which was speak in complete sentences day. So I'm I'm trying my best to to do that. See, it was uh, here, the holiday.
1: Here. Was worth something. The observance was worth something.
0: <laughs> That's the day late, but it's always good to, to speak in complete in complete sentences, especially when your job is to you know speak. Uh, this segment is sponsored by little uh, little love burger. Uh, opening downtown on October twentieth, uh, which was last year, Little Love Burger serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, some ice cream milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow uh, their beat on social media at Little Love Burger and mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a fifteen one five percent discount uh, off your next order. The uh, the Yenser Rogers rate just uh, just keeps on giving. 15. It's a thing. And five. It's a thing. It's a thing. I think Matt Matt you coined that phrase. So oh, it's a thing. Uh, One five percent discount off your next order. This is a, a a fun hour. It's gotten more rare lately. We've got a number of great guest conversations coming up over the next really week and a half on the show. Uh, but today is an hour where you and I get to spend it together on the air. Five two zero seven nine zero twenty forty is the live line opportunity to join this morning. I've got three topics I want to talk about. Uh, one is, uh, and I'm calling this segment, "Has America Lost a Step?" Now, before I get into it, and this was spurred on, as I mentioned before, by listening back to the almost 18-minute speech. That President uh, Kennedy gave at Rice University in Houston back in uh, the early '60s, around around we shall go to the moon, uh, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. That speech. And before I get into that, I, I just want to say that that I don't consider myself. And I try not to be because I don't believe it. I don't. I'm not a doomsdayer um, about kind of the the state of this country right now. I'm very cautious about using words you know, like uh, crisis, democracy in crisis, or, um, you know, America's best days are are behind it. I, 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 that's not my typical uh, starting place. I think America is in a shaky spot right now. I'm an institutionalist. Uh, I, I look at institutions like our government and our media and uh, our churches and, and those things that were designed and have been designed to form people. And I look at them and I see them not working. And I see the American people by the data, by the polls, by the numbers, agree that they're not working. And I think our political discourse, uh, I think our, our extreme political discourse, I don't call people extremists, uh, but I think that our political dialogue happens on the most fervent ends of our of our political of our political life, the the truest believers on the left and the right take up most of the oxygen in the room. You know, I think over the last few years, uh, regardless really of what party you are, there has been uh, do- doubt sown in our democratic institutions. I think America is just in a, in a shaky spot. I think we're going to be okay, um, but I'm not a doomsdayer. So I wanted to put that out there, but. I, I did find myself asking yesterday, as I was randomly driving and listening uh, to this speech uh, by JFK. I, I wonder has America lost a step? Let me read. Let me read a few a few pieces um, of, of this, um, and, and, and tell me in your head if you would hear this. If you would hear this today, uh, it is, he's talking about scientific discovery. He says, so it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait, to be content with our advances, to be content with where, with, with where we've come from. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. If this capsule history of our progress teaches us anything, it is that man in his quest for knowledge and progress. Is determined and cannot be deterred. The exploration of space will go ahead, whether we join it or not. And it is one of the great adventures of all time, and no nation which expects to be the leader of other nations can expect to stay behind in the race for space. A couple more pieces. Those who came before us made certain that this country rode the first waves of the Industrial Revolutions the first waves of modern invention, and the first wave of nuclear power. And this generation does not intend to founder in the backwash of the coming age of space. We mean to be a part of it. We mean to lead it. For the eyes of the world now look into space, to the moon, and the planets beyond, and we have vowed that we shall not see it governed by a hostile flag of conquest, but by a banner of freedom and peace. We have vowed that we shall not see space filled with weapons of mass destruction, but with instruments of knowledge and understanding. Yet the vows of this nation can only be fulfilled if we in this nation are first, and therefore we intend to be first. In short, our leadership in science and industry, our hopes for peace and security, our obligations to ourselves as well as others, all require us to make this effort to solve these mysteries, to solve them, for the good of all men and to become the world's leading space-faring nation. We set sail on this new sea because there is new knowledge to be gained and new rights to be won, and they must be won and used for the progress of all people. If you just jumped in in the last minute or so, um, if that sounds... more flowery than me. You were right. Uh, I wouldn't talk like that on my there. That was John F. Kennedy, (laughs) uh, President of the United States at at Rice University uh, in Houston, Texas. And I thought to myself, what would it be like to live again in a country, in a nation where there was uh, and I think I posted this on, on social media, how I felt after, after this. You know, what would it be like uh, for our national conversation to be this daring, this visionary, this bold, this innovative um, and, and proud again? Where we saw, saw our role... Um, to be lead advancers of new technologies and new innovation and new entrepreneurship and to tackle new big challenges and to be at the forefront of that globally to ensure uh, that democratic norms and the liberal world order, liberal in the small L way, uh, open democracy free speech uh, the original definition of liberal uh, liberalism in democracy, that we had to be on the cutting edge of that to show a global example uh, 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 of what liberal democratic values should look like in new frontiers and in new areas. Uh, I I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I hope it's okay, Matt, to pull you in on this because this is more kind of just me editorializing, but it just has seemed a long time since we had that kind of national dialogue in this country. And I can't imagine today, with just the with just the the silly way that we speak to each other and we talk about this country, I, I can't imagine uh, that in the next three to five years we'll again have this kind of national dialogue. But what if we could? And, and I don't know, Matt, if you if you feel that with me or if I'm if I'm uh, philosophizing and missing something, but it kind of feels like America's lost a step in that way.
1: And Zach, you look at how President Kennedy did this. You look at this speech and other speeches he gave leading to this. He had a, a clear goal, a clear objective. He had a clear time frame, right? So not only did he spell out what he wanted to do, he wanted to land a man on the moon, return him safely to Earth. He, wanted, he gave a time period within this decade, yeah. yep. right? And he told the American people why it was important. Yep. And he, he kind of, he got not kind of, he got their buy-in right he said this is going to take a lot of money he talked about treasure and a lot of hours to do this a lot of money to do this so he he sold it to people he sold people on the vision and he says this is going to require commitment on all of our parts so if you look at how he how he presented this to the american public he had all those elements he didn't say this is what i want to do this is what we want to do and i'm asking you right i'm asking you to support this and tell your Congress people to support this. I'm adding words, but, you know, it all came back. You have to appropriate the money from Congress, right, to do this. So, again, specific goal, specific time frame, and uh, got buy-in from the American people.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Matt. I mean, you and I didn't, you know, jam on this before. This is is just kind of, we're just in conversation together. But I had the same exact thought. And, uh, you know, we can't play the full 18 minute clip and it's hard to kind of figure out all the pieces that I would love for his voice to share. That's kind of why I read it. But, but listen to the 18 minute clip and he does that exact same thing, you know, where he says, this is what we're gonna do, this is what we're gonna do, it. we're gonna do in the next decade. And Matt, he did go to Congress and he gave a similar speech about space. Uh, I, I, uh, I love this because um, he talks about, he says this, to be sure all this costs us all a good deal of money. This year's space budget is three times what it was in January of '61. It's greater than the space budget of the previous eight years combined. I love this. I thought this was cool. That the budget now stands at fifty-four hundred million dollars a year. This transcript is weird. A staggering—it's a staggering sum. A staggering sum, though somewhat less than we pay for cigarettes and cigars every year. <laughs> Put it in perspective, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't fifty-four hundred million be like five billion? I'm pretty sure right? I'm when so, I was to the speech, he said five billion. Yeah, so it's over five billion dollars a year, which for then was huge. He get, he goes. Uh, uh, he, he he goes. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna spend forty cents per person per week. We're gonna move that to fifty cents per person per week so that we give this program high national priority. And of course, there was national security involved. It wasn't all um, aspirational, uh, but it it just I, I I just I struggle, Matt, to see a moment where this country can be aspirational again. We're in this trench warfare that I just don't see us getting out of. Barring some major, I think, election reform, uh, I think, around how we manage our primaries and how we elect people. Other than that, Matt, I, I, we're not going to get back to this point where we can be aspirational and big thinking, we can rally Republicans and Democrats and the young and old around the next next big, hairy, audacious goal. Um, you know, and I'm kind of bummed that I don't get to live through that period because um, th- th- that would have been a cool speech to, to be there live for. But we're just so far from that in this country. And in that way, I think America has lost a step. We'll manage through this time. Our democracy, I think, will sustain. I'm not being flippant. I think there's real challenges. I'm ultimately optimistic and hopeful because I think we've come through much worse, to be honest. Um, But we're far from having the bandwidth as as a country to dreaming big and doing big things and having a president say, we're going to dare and dream and do boldly And uh, we're going to get the American people behind it. We're going to get Congress behind it. Let's go and charge the mountain. We're far from that. When we come back, a stunning, and I mean that in every sense of the word, uh, a stunning piece by the Washington Post editorial board on inflation. We'll be right back. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70 plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona moving innovation at the speed of business.
3: Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell, but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash. Shopper.com.
0: Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is proud to present Brad Callhammer, eleven fifty nine to Tucson, a solo exhibition of works by Tucson-born, Mason, New York-based Brad Callhammer, who creates highly personal narratives that are autobiographical reflections on three realms of his life: his indigenous heritage, his Middle American upbringing in a white adoptive family, and his work as an artist and musician. To learn more and to get your tickets, go to Tucson Museum of Art.
3: When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA.
1: Helping you make better money decisions is what The Ramsey Show is all about. Today
0: at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. We're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. You're listening here live out of the Common Workspace studios to Tipping Point with Zach Yencer on AM1030K, VY, The Voice, the in-depth news conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. We're in the middle of one of my favorite types of shows where it's just you and me on the air. Uh, love having a great guest. We have a uh, next week and a half packed full of them again starting again tomorrow but today is you and me on the air uh give me a call 520 2040 happy to talk about anything on your mind or in response to what we're talking about today uh but we uh um uh look forward to to these days here's what's on my mind today we're part way through um has america lost a step and uh, i'm not a doomsdayer i'm not an american critic But uh, after listening back to Kennedy's speech at Rice University in the 60s about going to the moon, it made me ask, uh, have we lost a step? Uh, We are, I think, unable to have big, bold, uh, audacious conversations in this country, and uh, how how do we get back to that point? Uh, I want to talk about, in the last half of the hour, a stunning piece, in my mind, by the Washington Post's editorial board about inflation and then poverty in Pima County. We'll close with that, how it's killing our regional opportunity. This segment is sponsored by Decibel Coffee Works. It's the coffee that the Yencers drink at home. And while we're out and about, run by a great local team, by the way, of people who care about the Tucson community, visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento, It's just off the I-10 in Congress, between Congress and Cushing at the Mercado San Agustin Annex. I mentioned you heard about them on Tipping Point with me, Zach Anser, for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. So I talked earlier this week about inflation and why I think that history shows, right, I would not consider myself, you know, the savviest, smartest, macroeconomic person I've got, as I always mention, I have uh, people who I know listen to this show who are really good and really smart about the economy, and so that's always a little bit of pressure. Uh, What I do feel like I bring to the conversation uh, is a historical approach, and that being what happened when we were in this place 40 years ago? And the answer to that question is on our way to a recession. So I talked earlier this week that um, I think um, that, that we are heading to a recession that will be necessary, unfortunately, to break, to cool down an overheated market. So I was doing my, my usual reading uh, that I try to do, of a variety of news sources, and I was scanning through my uh, Washington Post app. It's one of the sources that I read. I try to read on the center left and center right. Um, in terms of uh, terms of the issues and I saw this piece titled opinion uh, Biden is finally getting honest about inflation so I you know I see the word inflation I'm watching it closely these days I clicked into it and I thought that this was just going to be an opinion piece that the Washington Post invited someone to write and come on and, and post about it and uh, I was stunned to read that it was an opinion by the Washington Post's editorial board itself so something that, the Washington Post is owning as its own editorial board's opinion. And uh, I don't think it's good practice to read full articles on the air. I don't usually do it, but this one is actually super short. And line after line after line, I went, am I reading this in the Washington Post? Now, I'm not a fake news guy. You know, I'm not a, you know, mainstream media hater. uh, None of that stuff. I think a lot of those accusations can be unfair. However, objectively i have to say that often media that is uh left of center and beyond a lot of what some would call legacy media can tend to be apologists for democratic administrations in ways that they are not for republican administrations so i'm not as you know i'm not as you know far in my critique Uh, Of media, uh, uh, as some of my friends are, but I think it's fair to say um, that often mainstream media and I'm here quoting in studio, you can't see me, uh, are are apologists for democratic administrations and democratic politicians in ways that they aren't for republican administrations and republican um, politicians so that was all in my head as I was reading this, here's what the Washington Post itself is saying, it's not every day that politicians admit they made a mistake. So it was refreshing and overdue to hear Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen say on Tuesday on CNN that quote, I was wrong about the path inflation would take. Last summer, Yellen was one of the many economists and White House officials downplaying inflation as a small risk less than a year ago. Our politicians, our administration was downplaying inflation as a small risk to the economy. It's now clear just how mistaken they were. So this is not the Washington Post. This is a Zach asterisk. Uh, many people forget and people shouldn't forget that Jerome Powell, who now chairs the Fed, was a President Trump appointee. President Trump nominated Jerome Powell to head the Fed saying, this is the guy to do the job. And I got to tell you, to me, I see many, some of this, not all of it, but some of it as a bipartisan mistake. There were people uh, supported by Democrats and supported by Republicans that should have known better. The adults in the room should have known better. And they didn't. The guy that President Trump thought would bring stability uh, and intelligence to the position was one of the leading voices last year using the T word. It's transitory. No big deal. Small risk. Don't worry about it. Let's just not forget that piece. The Washington Post continues on. Being honest with the public about inflation won't magically bring prices down, but it helps to restore some credibility to the White House on the number one issue on most people's minds. It was This is the Washington Post, y'all. It was clearly unwise of President Biden to brush off rising inflation for so long and then try to blame greedy corporations, among others, for the problem. again, my mouth was open for most of this, going, am I really reading this where I'm reading it? Presidents don't have nearly as much control of the economy as people think, but Mr. Biden should have stepped up and addressed inflation much sooner than he and his team did. It was a smart move to meet publicly with Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell and remind the country that the central bank, not the White House, has the best tools to combat rising prices by hiking interest rates and pulling back other support for markets. there will be pain. Lowering inflation will require slowing the economy. Housing market uh, will slow. Russia's war in Ukraine and ongoing hiccups in the supply chain are exacerbating the problems, especially for gas and food. But listen to this. I'm continuing to read. This is from the Washington Post's editorial board. In hindsight, President Biden's $1.9 trillion rescue package in March 2021 was too large. He can't correct that now. But he needs to make good choices. In the short term, that means reducing or eliminating some of the tariffs President Trump put in place, speeding up legal immigration to help get more workers into the economy and, listen to this, pursuing a comprehensive energy policy that includes domestic production. Mr. Biden is finally getting more honest about the inflation problem. Now he needs to be realistic about the best short term solutions. Now look, I I thought this was interesting from a from an objective standpoint. Not to mention that I agree with the data. But to have a kind of I'm air quoting mainstream kind of legacy news platform not just pro, not just host an opinion piece, but to 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 in my mind sponsor an opinion piece saying, "Hey, wait a second. In hindsight, um you know, a Republican administration pumped a ton of money into the economy in 2020. The package pumped into the economy by this Democratic administration in 2021 was probably too much. I don't see a lot of legacy center-left voices still ready to admit maybe that was too much. right? Even, even, if, even if you supported it, even if you thought it was necessary... I think the data is clear. Too much money was pumped into the economy. Just people don't want to admit it. For the Washington Post to say too many people in this administration for too long said don't worry about it. Just just look away. It's not a big deal. It'll be fine. For this kind of publication to say a a solution that must be done is to pursue a comprehensive energy policy that includes domestic production... Yeah, tell you friends, what is up is down and down is up these days I don't know who anybody is anymore <laughs> I, I, I just couldn't believe I was reading that out of the Washington Post wasn't reading that you know, out, out of a center right publication I was reading that out of a center left publication I think they're right strip away the politics of this uh, we have not done our favors of pursuing domestic production We've not done ourselves favors by pumping so much money into the economy that demand uh, that demand was created, right? The Fed can't manage supply. That's not their mission. It's to manage demand. And they didn't do it. So if there's any silver lining, any encouragement, it is refreshing to see uh, journalistic institutions be fair and even-handed uh, and, and to not apologize and to not make excuses for things that I think we all clearly see were mistakes and need solutions. And by the way, I think our, I think our journalistic institutions are apologists at this point for one side or the other. It's why I bring this up. Because it was a rare unapology. It was, it, was, it was a rare moment, I think, of saying, man, lots of boo-boos here. Time to rip the band-aid off and get to solving it. It's no longer transitory. It's no longer short term. Get to work. We just don't see that out of a lot of journalism anymore. So I thought this was powerful. Again, I think the solution is not necessarily to point fingers, it's to get the right policy going. And I think the Washington Post to a large degree, their editorial board hinted at uh, some really important things. So hopefully you thought that that was intriguing as I did. Again, I read that in my jaw, I had to pick my jaw off the floor a few times. Um, anyway, let's go to our final break of the hour when we come back, poverty is killing regional opportunity in Pima County the new data shows that to be true, I'll tell you about it we gotta solve it Uh, at some point at some point, our region has to get sick and tired of being sick and tired and I really don't know why we're not there yet but it would appear we're not quite there yet when are we gonna get sick and tired of being sick and tired we'll be right back last segment here of Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. Don't go anywhere.
2: 1030 The Voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk.
0: School's out and
2: summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com.
1: Time with Devon and her team.
0: Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson, located just a few hours down. From the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Did you know that Arizona is the first state in the country to implement a program like Earn to Learn has right here to support students with matched college savings? Through your investment, you enable students to leverage their own savings and resources to acquire the life-changing asset of a college education. If you want to be a part of increasing students' earning potential, minimizing student debt, closing the opportunity gap, and putting deserving individuals on a path to success, go to -to EarnToLearn.org to find out more.
4: This is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu.
2: This is Bill Buckmaster coming up at noon. Pima County Supervisor Steve Christie on 1030. Tucson's voice for Trust
0: and News Talk. And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. Welcome live. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser here on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, the in-depth news conversation and talk about the people, ideas and issues shaping Tucson's future it's been an hour of you and me here this drive time hour Friday, Eve, Thursday Uh, we've talked uh, about a wide variety of topics, a stunning piece written by the editorial board of the Washington Post Uh, we talked about has America lost a step and what do I mean by that and why do I think that may be true Uh, to close us out, a bit of a short segment here uh, some some new some new poverty numbers, some new poverty data coming out of Pima County, uh, and especially looking at uh, uh, Tucson and the greater Tucson area. But looking at Tucson uh, in particular, even though Pima County looks at it at a Pima-wide uh, standpoint, but um, I. Not, not, not to simplify it, not to be un, uh, un-nuanced, but whether you are looking to get out of an addictive circumstance, whether you are looking to get in better shape, whether you are looking to grow your income and get a better job, people smarter than me say that uh, you have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And... I don't know yet where that point is in Pima County. And it would seem that we haven't hit that point yet because we're not seeing the action that would result from a place where we realize that enough is enough. As my friend Randy Dorman would say, and I always give her credit, good enough is no longer good enough. We haven't haven't gotten to a point where that is true yet. Good enough often is good enough. Now, what do, I, what do I mean by that? There's, there's a long presentation that I think will ultimately be public at some point, if not already. Um, I know there's a board of supervisors meeting that's going to talk uh, about poverty in, in Pima County, but there's an analysis post-COVID of it. And, and this is a long presentation. I can't get through all of it today. But there's a particularly sad piece. Not that poverty on its own isn't sad, but there's a sad piece, and that is children in poverty, I'm looking at a map in front of me um, that looks um, at a percentage um, uh, in each uh, in each census track. Percentage of young people of children who live in poverty. We have five tracks, uh, certainly within Tucson city limits, where 70 percent of children growing up are living. In poverty, We have a large number of tracks, 24 of them in fact, where uh, probably 50 to 55% ballpark of children are living in poverty. As more children are living in more poverty in more areas, the color of blue of the, this map that I'm looking at uh, gets bluer. And I'm looking at a very blue map. Right? Poverty is tough. I feel for the, um, and often we know it happens in single family households. I feel bad for the young men and young women who are parents who are trying to make a go of it, right? We're not even talking about the folks they call Alice, you know, asset limited income constrained and employed. People who are working, have a decent job, can't afford rent anymore in this country. The rent is too dang high. That's not the actual quote. I won't say the other word. The rent is too dang high, right? We're talking about people who are under the poverty limit. And I'm looking at a very blue map. Children in Tucson tend to have an annual household income of 2,000 to 3,000 less a year in adulthood than kids who grow up in the 11 other comparable Western cities. The poverty rate for children, the poverty rate period the percent of our community in poverty, it's less in Albuquerque, it's less in San Antonio, it's less in Phoenix, it's less in Las Vegas, it's less in San Diego, it's less in Austin, it's less in Portland, it's less in Colorado Springs, it's less in Salt Lake City, it's less in Denver, When we compare our metropolitan statistical area to 11 or 12 other communities in the Western United States, we fail. Right, and I I wanna be clear here. I'm not trying to be shock jockey, but I get passionate when we talk about kids. We are killing regional opportunity. We are killing futures in this region because we refuse to take action on poverty. No, no, let's be clear, right? I think there's a lot of really well-meaning people. I've got their faces in my head. I I think a lot of them, many of them, who wanna tackle this as much as you and I do. But the solution is the scorecard. The solution is making the tough decisions to create more housing that is more accessible to more people. It is job creation. It is upward mobility. It is economic opportunity. It is creating more jobs. Is getting more serious about putting more money in people's pockets. It's quality of life issues of good schools, good parks, good roads, safe neighborhoods. At the very minimum, we have not for a long time in this region uh, made the big, bold, politically difficult decisions to tackle that. And and I got to say this, my passion comes not in trying to poke anybody in the eye. My passion is for this region's kids who we year after year, generation after generation don't give their best shot. And hear my passion, hear my love of this community what I'm about to say next. No pretty presentation is going to solve that until we get serious about affordability, opportunity, quality of life. And the scorecard is not that hard. The solutions are not that difficult to figure out. It requires intention, it requires focus, and it requires political courage. And we're not making it happen. And again, I might be less passionate if I was talking about, you know, twenties or thirties somethings that are struggling in this region. I talk to many of those who are, but you get my hair up when you talk about the kids. Children in Tucson tend to have annual incomes of two thousand to three thousand less in adulthood than if they ran off to San Antonio or Las Vegas or Portland or Colorado Springs or Denver. I'm tired of losing. And to me, that's a breaking point. I don't know for whom else it's not. But this is just not good enough anymore. I'm tired of looking at this deep blue map of Tucson. And regionally, we have lots of listeners in lots of different places. The poverty rate's better in Oro Valley and better in Marana, better in Sawarita. It's still deep blue in Tucson. We've got to give our kids a better shot. And we know what the solutions are. We just don't do them. So for anybody listening who has difficult political decisions to make, I got your back. I'll support you all day. I'll be on your team. Uh, I support you. I'll be be a megaphone. But we got to get to work. It's just not good enough anymore. Tomorrow we're going to talk to uh, Tech Launch Arizona. Talk about some great innovation coming out of the region. Right, one foot in the pothole, one foot on the moon. Great things going on. Big things to fix happens at the same time. Uh, also, uh, an exciting new business starting up, serving veterans. We'll talk about that as well. Hugh, up next. Bill Buckmaster at noon, Tucson. We'll see you tomorrow, Friday. Thanks for listening. Shoot me an email. Let's keep the conversation going. See you tomorrow.